1: It's going good. Too resurrected.
2: <laughs> you should you should say that to somebody the next time they d- use the phatic phrase how's it going? <laughs> oh, it's going too good. Resurrected. <laughs> just <laughs> And then and no no follow up, yeah, yeah. nothing. Just leave it yeah. and that, and then wait for your HR papers. Well, that that's the
1: thing is that's a huge <laughs> time saver cuz then you never have to talk to that person again. It's like?
2: true. yeah. Or, or at least you've way r- risen the cost of entry. Like, they, they will seriously need something from you before they talk to you again, you know?
1: Or, or worse. That's like some kind of cult handshake, and this person is now, like, big into me because they think I'm,
2: like, a level eight in their cult. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I had that literally at work one time when I wore a shirt that said Lawful Good, and the person said, you know, oh, you play? And, and, and you, know, you look to your left, look to your right. Yeah, I play. Do you play? Yeah, I play. Well, which edition do you play? It's like, oh, I three five for life, ride or die, and it's like we should talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, four E, uh. uh,
1: ah, <laughs> swinging a miss. What <laughs> actually? One of one of our supporters is actually a big fan of four E. We love you. Oh, really? We love you everybody else is crazy
2: yeah yeah we do i i wonder who 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 hurt them but you know <laughs> no it's 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 fine uh f- fourth edition uh performs at or near expectations it's just it's 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 not my cup of tea george what video game did we play <laughs> dungeons and dragons fourth edition <laughs> <laughs> oh my we god played- could,
1: could you imagine trying to do a single episode on an entire tabletop system
2: Oh, the- we should do that for one of our off
1: episodes now oh jesus christ i mean,
2: i don't honestly i don't know if i'm qualified anyway what did we play we played uh diablo 2 resurrected colon the reckoning
1: <laughs> this time it's personal uh <laughs> so i, I want to say
2: i want to say up front
1: <laughs> sorry because you, mean you that have that other addendums
2: for, that, that would mean that for diablo one is this time it was professional <laughs> <laughs> next time it's personal Sorry, uh, continue it, you know
1: they don't really tell you what the hero's deal is in kind of either game so maybe it was professional maybe he's just like a hired hand i don't know
2: yeah but th- but this time you know deckard king got kidnapped and yeah you know so much more gotta, story
1: so much we'll get to that um so i want to say up front uh we played diablo 2 resurrected but I am counting this for OG Diablo 2 for a few reasons. One is you can still play OG Diablo 2, but only if you actually still have your original CD keys. So like you can download it from Blizzard and you can install it, but you have to have they don't sell CD keys for it anymore. And so anyone who is going to play this game today, even if you owned the game At the time, you probably didn't hang on to your CD key. So I felt pretty fine playing Resurrected because this is how anybody who plays it today is going to play it. Also, and this is the real important part, is I looked at a list of what are all the quality of life things they did in Resurrected, and none of them are core mechanical changes to the gameplay loop. So... If we review this game and it was good, then the original was good. If we review this game and we think it was bad, it's because the original was bad because there is nothing they did in the quality of life improvements that would make someone who did not like the original say, ah, but resurrected where you auto pick up gold. Now it's worth playing, right? There's just nothing like that in the game um and i do have a list somewhere but once i saw how brief it was i was like i don't even care about this because it's just it's (laughs) not it's not enough to to make a difference and if you're a real hard ass you can even play the game with original graphics and original audio and everything so like this is as close to the original game as you can get without like pirating the cd keys or going into your parents attic so and
2: we we would never do that because we play all of our games legally and legitimately so like
1: all uh uh podcasters who review games yes yes absolutely yes, yes we are a uh, like in diablo we are paladins paragons of the
2: law Mm -hmm. of of virtue and ethics and uh yeah so uh (laughs) what (laughs) what is your nostalgia experience oh no 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 no. uh uh, game yeah the the colophon or whatever um so this game originally
1: came out uh june 28th 2000 which is only like a couple years after the original so they really they're like oh god a machine that prints money make more of it please uh first game crazy successful this one went on to be even more successful as you could tell since they literally just re-released it uh but if you have never played it diablo 2 is a direct sequel to the hit hack and slash role-playing game diablo the games are virtually indistinguishable from one another except for how much more plus ultra diablo 2 is there's more classes there's more story there's more primevals but you still just have the one camera angle
2: and uh what is your nostalgia experience for this i borrowed this game from my neighbor uh
1: which I kind of forgot about, honestly, like he just had a lot of games. And so he was, he was way older. He's like my, my older brother's age. And he's just very nice about letting me borrow games. And I realized when we went to sit down and play this, I was like, oh, I never owned this. So this is actually now that I I bought it to, to play, uh, this is actually the first time I've owned this game because in, uh, high school, when I was playing it for the first time, I was borrowing it. And then in college, when I was playing it, I was playing it on my roommate's computer. So I just just never had to give anyone money for this game until now. So uh, I played the ever-loving crap out of it for free.
2: <laughs> you know, it's, and, and it's interesting, too, because as, as much of a RPG fan as I am, um it's interesting because I did not really get into RPGs until I was in high school. Um, and there was one RPG that I got really into, which was Dungeons and & Dragons. And that persists to this day. The way I got into Dungeons & Dragons was... Uh, and this is why we had all that Dungeons & Dragons stuff at the beginning was because I was going to say this here. Um, we're professional. Uh, so... <laughs> the the reason why I got into Dungeons and Dragons is because a person that worked with my dad who was in his 30s, so impossibly old by my standards at the time, um, he was into Dungeons and Dragons. So my my dad would just drop me off at his house where he, myself, his sister, and one other person would play D&D for like eight hours at a pop, right? Um, but then there would be occasionally where, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, either we started late or we ended early or something like that. And my dad wasn't coming to pick me up yet so this you know 36 year old person 40 year old person that had you know no real experience with kids was forced to entertain a 13 year old and he was really into computers and so what did he have he had diablo 2 and so he's like if you if you like if you like crack have you tried heroin because (laughs) this this says all of the D D stuff just just on a steady drip, And I remember just being so excited to play that game. And then I remember he said, I was, I was, I remember playing the paladin a lot and I did, I was just like, Oh man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, um, have prayer on all the time because I'm just constantly healing, just constantly healing. I remember specifically one time him leaning over my shoulder and saying, using prayer. Why will not you use thorns? Everybody kills themselves on you. And he just <laughs> walked away. And, uh, and so this time when we were doing that, I vowed to myself, I'm going to play the Paladin, and I'm going to do the Thorns or a playthrough, yes, and 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 see see if he was correct, you know. So this this man who is now probably in his fifties or sixties, you know. I will, I will now vet his, you know, 20-year-old take on this game. This is exciting to
1: me because the Thorns Paladin was a big part of my nostalgia experience. It's like, <laughs> because I remember just thinking how funny that was to just, yeah. like, you walk through the dungeon and all the skeletons just die when they try to kill you. Ha 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 ha. And like, I have no recollection of like, was it actually that effective? Did I just remember it being that effective? So like when I sat down to play, I was like, oh, no, if this doesn't work as well as I remembered, it might not be funny. And I really want it to be funny.
2: (laughs) But yeah, so that is that is my nostalgia experience for this game is being in it being, you know, eight o'clock at night. I was hopped up on candy and junk food in a smoker's house. So I remember the (laughs) smell, you know. (laughs) It just—I have a very, very razor clean. He was just
1: trying to set the uh, set the environment right because it was supposed to be like sulfur. So it's like ah, it's like the smell of brimstone.
2: I did not actually know how much that particular smell stuck with me until I started playing D and D with some people at work, and um, they all smoke cigars. So I would occasionally have a cigar with them, and I remember at one point I came home took off all my clothes, showered, came back downstairs to throw them in the laundry because, you know, I have to, it's like a clean room, right? You know, it's, you're, you're gross after you smoke, right? And I picked them up. And I said, oh, that smells like D&D. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's not smell we <laughs> is deeply tied to memory, man. You know? like, so I did not know that that link was that hard in my brain, but here we are. So the moral of the story is I, I couldn't play as much as this as I wanted to because I had to be smoking a cigar the entire time I was playing it in order for me to really get into it. That's fair. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I have problems now. (laughs)
1: Uh, Shall we show?
2: We shall show.
1: So if you like what we're doing, you should subscribe to the show. Uh, If you want to help other people find it, you can always leave us a rating and review. Uh, But my personal ask is uh, find somebody who there's a game that we've reviewed that they'd like uh, and recommend that they listen to that episode. I think those kind of recommendations are better than randos on Apple podcasts, but you know, still just do both. Uh, if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can do that on the website, on Twitter. Uh, I stream pretty much all of the games we play on Twitch. Um, I had a hell of a time <laughs> streaming this, and uh, I still did it, but like Battle.net kept crashing on me, and then the game crashed on me, and then OBS crashed on me. So like, I did I did do it. Like, there's hours of, of proof <laughs> that I did it, but like, it was not as smooth as it has been other times. Uh, when you you wire in external hardware over like a Super Nintendo or something, it's a lot uh, smoother. Um, if you want to kind of go and beyond, uh, go and beyond, go above and beyond, it's one of those. I'm not going to check because we don't do research, but if you want to do one of those things, uh, you can actually become a Patreon supporter. If you become a Patreon supporter, you get the after show, regardless of the level you sport at. But if you support at a higher level, you can get your name shouted out. So first we need to thank our eight bit classics, Kevin. An
2: amazing Amazon. John. A nominal necromancer. Jason. A ball and barbarian yarno a slick sorceress and jacob a pristine paladin and our 16-bit hero michael a dangerous diablo (laughs) and 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 also uh the the thousand dollar tier this month is uh for one thousand dollars uh both lions and i will attempt to uh max on the bench press and we'll record it and send it to you hmm yeah like i haven't that. done that in a while yeah,
1: yeah well you know. you know and just like just because we're big into this nerd hobby doesn't mean we don't care about our health and fitness
2: oh yeah absolutely i mean they they used to call us the waiters because we spent all day stacking plate
1: <laughs> okay i have to cut you <laughs> off right now because i know you have like a hundred of those
2: <laughs> we gotta talk about the game what were the audio visuals like <laughs> just shut up shut up shut up, shut up <laughs> audio video um yeah, no, it was good, man. Um, it it was as I remembered, which is you know, I mean, and for me personally, aesthetically, I really walk the line between you know gritty realism versus fun cartoony stuff. But given the tone of this game, I feel that the um, the visual aesthetic. Uh, uh plays in very very nicely to it you know is i don't i feel like the it is very gritty and realistic it's not so gritty that it's like rubbing sandpaper over your eyes but that being said is i think that it's in keep it's not what was that one game that racket uh, rocket rabbit game that we played oh on PlayStation?
1: Uh, oh god i i knew the name of it until you started butchering it <laughs> <laughs>
2: that game well anyways um so that, this that is game not, was was made of jpegs yeah <laughs> it was it, it is not ps1 gritty it's uh jumping it's jack flash there it is yep or ju- jump, yeah. jump
1: jumping jumping flash jumping jack flash is a song
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that one this was not that No, i thought that they uh they they held up as well as i remember them
1: you know well and did you uh toggle it all between old and new
2: and new and old I did. I did. I played it with the new on mostly because it, it's just it's nicer. But I did toggle it on and off, and I said, "Yeah, all right, you know." And then went to the new.
1: <laughs> so I I kind of had the same experience. And the the reason I settled on the new is because I'm playing on this large, beautiful monitor that I have, right? So I was like, if you are looking at this at the correct resolutions, it looks exactly like you remember, which is great. If you're looking at this at modern resolutions, it's It's a little pixely because it's all stretched out, but it still looks like everything is clear and readable, right? It just can't compete with the, you know, sexy 4k 60 frames of the modern one. But what I really appreciated is, uh, in the modern graphics, they didn't, I I didn't notice there's probably a lot of little subtle things, but it doesn't feel like they said, like, oh, now we can also sneak in all these additional animations and oh, now we can also sneak in all these additional particle effects and stuff like things basically just look like when you flip on to like, you remember when HD channels first came to cable Mm -hmm. and it was like oh this is like regular nickelodeon and this is hd nickelodeon this is regular news and this is hd news like it it feels more like that where it's just the exact same thing but you've cleaned the crap off of your glasses right it's just a little just a little cleaner and smoother so i didn't really feel that bad playing most of the time with the the better graphics
2: well and and also too is is it's like um again you know this is the realistically the only way you're going to experience the game, you know? So it's like, again, it's not like, you know, you're talking to somebody and and, and saying, you know, hey, have you played Diablo recently? Dude, I own Diablo. Oh, really? So, you know, what do you think? It's like, oh, man, the graphics are garbage. Because they are playing it on their old hardware, on their original, you know, it's not... This is not playing the DS remake of Ocarina versus somebody who might actually have an N64 and is playing the original. This is this is the way that you are likely to imbibe the game. So that's why I was like, hey, you know what? This is just it's a little bit nicer, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with that. Um but again, the old graphics didn't didn't cause any problems. Um some things that this game did that Diablo one did not do that I appreciated. And, and honestly is, is I could write a whole essay on it is, uh, alt. <laughs> I like the alt key it's super clutch. It's a great, the key. Alt, the The alt key, uh, highlights all of the items and, and not only does it highlight all of the items, but, um, socketed items are gray, like a dark gray and magic items are, uh, blue and Super awesome magic items are yellow.
1: Yeah, and and then uniques I think are like gold. It's like a a darker yellow and then set items are green.
2: Yeah. Yep. So that's the thing is that like you 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 not only does hitting alt give you Everything on the screen that you could pick up, but it also gives you an idea for is this even worth me putting in my inventory? You know, because initially you're 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 like pick up all of the things because all of the things have some value and, and, and there's that. And then at some point you're like, yeah, this isn't worth my time. I'm not I'm not picking up this you know, fractured bow or whatever that's going to take up 90% of my inventory and is worth 15 gold. It's not even worth the town portal to, to hawk the thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a barbarian. Why am I picking up a damaged crossbow or a, yeah. a, a crude uh, dirk? Like, it's just not, it's not worth it. And it's nice because, as we'll talk about later, there's a lot of loot, a lot of loot. So much so, loot. So being able to essentially like, judge books by their covers and not have to go any deeper into it is a big time saver because you need it
2: yeah um the the only the only weird exception to that being and and i don't know maybe this is not me diving deep enough into it but throwing knives man like they are in my opinion, the cigarettes of, of Diablo 2, because, you know, you could pick up some bolts, you could pick up, you know, a damaged crossbow or whatever, but throwing knives, every time I'd pick up throwing knives, I'd sell the stack for like seven hundred gold or something stupid. You know? Oh, I did not put that together. I not yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I, I throwing know. knives like maybe, were like secret gold. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, like this was this was my lived experience. Now I didn't rigorously this was this is not a very rigorous experiment, but I mean at least half a dozen times i picked them up and every single time they sold for uh triple digits you know and yeah and i don't know why but but bolts and arrows didn't have the same exchange rate so throwing knives every time i saw that i was like yes anyways (laughs) that's that's more mechanics um yeah so ability to find items uh super super clutch uh one of the things that is and this is just a a quality of life thing that it didn't have that i feel like a modern game would have and i don't know if diablo 3 had this which is an ability to hover over an item even if it's only in a shop and com- immediately compare it to what you've currently got equipped so you actually that
1: is one of the quality of life things they added and it only works i think it only works in shops or maybe you can do it with your inventory so when you Part of the reason you probably missed this is because there's a million billion modifiers to every piece of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and you did yourself a favor because this was one of the few quality of life improvements and you didn't benefit from it. So there you go. Yeah. It's more like the original game. Um, there's, you know, the name of the thing, the stats for the thing, any bonus stats for the thing, the the meta, like what's its durability and everything. Um, and then it says something like, click to equip and like shift click to compare so if you are looking at a sword and you have a weapon equipped it will tell you like oh and it it basically just puts the two little boxes side by side um honestly i didn't use this particular quality of life improvement because on a normal playthrough it's you're not making these minute hyper optimization decisions so I actually like you didn't notice it and I never used it because I was just like I, I can tell if something is obviously better than what I have and I don't need to like line by line be like, well, it's one more in this row, but it's one less in that row, Oh, but it's two more in this row like that. That happened to me zero times, but uh, that is there. And and I think later it became standard.
2: Well, and, and, and that's the thing is that honestly, I used to really like that type of gameplay uh, I, I don't as much anymore because uh one of the one of the games that, that does that a lot is Borderlands. And I used to love that in Borderlands, you know, figuring out, oh which which types of things do I want to equip so that way they'll synergize and, and I don't know, man. Eventually I just I liked donuts and got fed all of the donuts in the world and just got done with that mechanic to the point where I'm like, look, just just tell me whether or not it's better to have plus two to prayer or additional plus two damage you know because i remember actually i think i remember the glass shattering moment where i went off the rails on that which was i was out i was at work at one point uh this is five years ago so not at my current job i I always work at my current job um (laughs) uh, and 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 i literally said like okay well so let's take prayer for example i'm like okay well if you have plus two to prayer and you're using it then ostensibly that means that you would have what that does is that buys you time so if something you're fighting something with with DPS, then that would buy you y more seconds which then over those y more seconds you would deal z more damage now then if you had less time but this other stat increased, then that would do you this much more damage. And at some point I like dropped the pen and it clanked across the <laughs> the table. And I said, I don't this isn't why I want to play games, man, you know? <laughs> so so yeah, so I get the incomparables are a good thing, but at some point it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm fine, I'll just I'll just have prayer be a little bit better and, and move on with life until something's substantially better. So yeah.
1: Well and and I, I do think that is an important like thing to know about yourself if you're going to play a like a looter shooter or a hack and slash rpg is i need to understand the systems well enough that i can play the game and enjoy it but if it if it's if it's interfering with your life, maybe don't spend so much time hyper optimizing like, well, this one does a tiny bit more damage, but this one has a slightly faster attack speed. So I should go out into the field and see what my actual like real life DPS is like, not just the calculations like, nah, man, it's not why I play video games. It's not why you play video games. It's why some people play video games.
2: Well, and actually, um, and this is straying way into gameplay, but whatever, Um, <laughs> is that I, uh, I think that that. It's a different game. So one of the things that games like this do, um, and I think that that, that this game does it very well, which is that there's several different games in it. So there's the um, run and and click on things, right? And and the enjoyment of running in and, and, and how do I, you know battle, and, and what things do I pick when, and, and that, like the, the loot and shoot, right, portion of it, and then there's the puzzle game, which is played out of combat, right, where it's how do you maximize for this thing, and they are two different games, literally, I uh, I purchased Teddy his first deck of Pokemon cards recently for his birthday, um, so we got like three starter decks, a fire deck, a dark deck, and an electric deck, right, and so we're playing it, and we also got, for like five bucks, I got like a hundred common cards, right, because I said, we need to get these common cards too because first he is going to play the pokemon game then he is going to play the puzzle game of making a deck for a pokemon game which is a different game right. it's entirely its own thing you don't ever have to play that game you can which is why some people don't they buy pre-made awesome decks because what they want to do is optimize their play not optimize the deck you know so this is that right where it's like you need to be aware of the fact that that games like diablo are actually two different games and you don't have to like playing both of them. You can like, honestly, you can like really, really liking the puzzle aspect of it, play hours doing the puzzle and then play and then set it on the easiest difficulty. So you can blaze through, get more loot and, you know, like come back. Right. And then play the puzzle some more. So anyways, I know that was very gameplay heavy. But yeah, it's it's uh I realized that I'm like, yeah, I don't like the puzzle part of the game. So anything that makes me play less of that part is good.
1: Literally every time I was like, okay, my inventory is filled up and I have to like go to town and deal with that. I called it shopping. I was like, all right, time to go shopping. Cause it's like, that's, <laughs> that that's about as serious as I was taking it. It's like, yeah, I have to buy food every week, but I'm not scrutinizing every single vegetable. Like, if I need vegetables for this dish, then I need okay, I need arrows, then I get arrows. Okay, I need to repair my armor, then I repair my armor. I'm not like, oh, but but this other one is is it's got magical repairability and, and then I then I won't have to spend gold on repairing it. Uh, no, nope, nope, don't care, can't care. Like just and, and I don't begrudge the people who do. Uh way yeah, back game. on yeah, way back on the audio visuals. Um the the map in this is a lot more detailed than the the little quick map in Diablo 1, um, which 80, 80 to 90% of the time, I think is a huge improvement. You just look at the map and you're like, Oh, I can tell where doors are. I can tell where there's exits between floors. uh, When there's like a special thing you have to care about, like a quest item or something like that's highlighted. Uh, It's, it's, it's usually a great level of, of detail. Sometimes it is a great level of detail that blocks all of the action on the screen. And so Like in for me in uh, is it pronounced Karas the the jungle um, I was toggling the map on and off a lot because I just couldn't see what the hell I was doing just like (laughs) there's so many trees and they're so detailed on the mini map and because they're green and the ground is green and the trees are green on like the actual gameplay map. I just, I was like, it, it's all just a big green blur. I just can't see what the hell I'm doing. So like in most of the dungeons, it's just a thin little line for the wall. And like, Oh, then they're over here. There's like a, a shrine and maybe you care about that shrine and it's, Oh, this is very helpful. But in, in, in crest and in, um, it's like the plains of, sat uh, I don't know. It's like the desert area. Um, uh, in the, at the end of act two, um, when you're like looking for rasha's tomb, the rocks are like this pinkish reddish color and they just kind of c- contrast in an obnoxious way with the yellow of the sand and just makes everything like muddy and confusing. And I mean, it's not experience ruining, but most of the time the map is like useful, so you just leave it on. And then sometimes you're like on off, and it's I mean, it's one press, it's tab, right? So it's just like on off, on off, on off, on off. <laughs> so I thought that was like. It's an interesting problem, right? How much additional detail do you want to give in the mini map or maxi map? It's kind of big, takes up the whole screen. How much do you want to like in the overlay map to be useful, but to not be like huge distraction. And I think they nailed it about 80 to 90% of the time. But when it fails, it fails catastrophically. It's like unusable.
2: Yes. And and I think that their, you know, answer to that problem is, uh, you know, what one button turns it on and off, you know, so it's not like you have to go into a menu, uh, you know, highlight three different things and then, and then click it on. Right. You know, it's just like, Nope, this, this is getting in the way. And especially because combat tends to come in waves, you know, so you can just be like, Oh, <laughs> there's, there's one Falmer and there's never just one Falmer. So <laughs> here we go. You know, you turn it off, go, go kill a bunch of things and turn it back on and be like, okay, wait, where, where, where was I? What am I been doing? All of that being said too, though, is I will say that, um, maximizing for that level of detail on the map i think especially for me personally playing the thorns paladin uh speaks a little bit to how much direct engagement combat necessitates from you um but we'll get into that in mechanics
1: so um two other things in the visuals that i really loved is uh this game has rough day and night and rough weather as far as i can tell it doesn't affect anything it's strictly visual but it just makes the world feel more alive. Sometimes it's darker, sometimes it's lighter. Sometimes there's rain, sometimes there isn't, and it just it's just nice. It's just like a a little thing that probably costs them like almost no graphics processing power and and it just makes everything feel a little more alive. And the the same kind of thing comes through in the towns because there's the towns first off there's more than one. Uh for another thing, there's like a ton of people in them and they all just kind of like saunter around in their little area, right? Whereas in Diablo one, everybody just like stood in their exact place. So you always knew exactly where to find them in Diablo two Kane kind of like ambles around using his, you know, staff as a walking stick. And he's always like in the center of town, like near the, the drinking supply, um, in, uh, like the whoever the blacksmith is in a given area, they like have their hammer, and sometimes you see them at the anvil and they kind of like toss it as like an idle fidget. And you know, whoever like sells potions will have their hands like tucked into their robes and then they'll kind of like shake it out a little bit and like stretch their back and stretch their legs. And it's just you're usually not just standing there staring at people, but if you do, right? If you lean down to take a sip of your tea, for example, and you take your hand off the mouse and keyboard, then you get to just like feel like the world isn't a cardboard cutout that exists just for you to go have an adventure in. Like, oh, this is a real world with real people who are all like incapable of stopping the big bad. So they're waiting for me to do it. Right. So like they will help me sort of as much as they can kind of, but, but they're not they, yeah for money, but they are <laughs> real people. And I just, I love little, um, like little environmental, Uh, naturalistic movements like it just it makes things feel better
2: yeah well i mean to your point is it is it it goes a little bit further to assist you in suspending your disbelief you know so it, it helps do some of that heavy lifting for you because i was talking to somebody recently about movies and i was like i'm fine with a movie doing all kinds of weird stuff until all of a sudden i become very aware of the fact that i'm watching a movie then once i hit that point it's kind of hard to start coming back from it right you know so once once you kind of get to the point where you know I mean, and, and we do have lower, I think, lower expectations for video games because they can be glitchy. But, you know, like take a Bethesda game, right? You know, <laughs> like Skyrim's a blast. It absolutely is so much fun. Uh, but there there comes a time in everyone's Skyrim journey or in everyone's Fallout 3 journey where you stop playing Fallout 3 and you're playing, oh, look at the weird, dumb thing Bethesda did, <laughs> you know? So, so this that's this true. helps you. <laughs> this helps you from doing that to where you're, where you know you don't walk up to person. And they're like, "Ho, citizen, how goes it today?" And you're like, "Hey, pretty good." Where's the bathroom? Ho, citizen, how goes it today? And you're like, "Okay, that's that's all you're that's all you're gonna say to me." All right, never mind. You know, it just yeah, just makes it feel a little bit. Even though every time Deckard Cain, I had the patience for Deckard Cain's old man stories as I do for old man stories in general, which is when he's like. <laughs> When I go up to Decker King, it's like hundreds of years ago. Identify my stuff old man, you know, (laughs) but it was there (laughs) if I wanted it, you know, so and and
1: you can can repeat dialogue, right? You can rerun any of the quest dialogue. You can talk to people about stuff and be like, wait, introduce yourself again. Wait, repeat that. That one thing you said again, right? So like if you are in a hurry and you like blast through something, you can be like, wait, say say that again.
2: Yes, yeah, which is it's funny because you'd think that that takes what might take you out of it but to me that reinforces it because you are the hero right and they you are doing what they can't do so they are willing to be so patient with you that even though they've identified <laughs> your items hundreds of times you're like i'm sorry dude who are you again it's like no i understand that i may not be important in your story stay you know? a
1: while and li- oh he's gone <laughs> oh no there he goes you know <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to talk more about the music and what I mean by that is I wanted to talk more about the music, but it, it it's like, to me, this is the thing that actually changed the least from Diablo one. And we have a few people who are like professional musicians and like music teachers in the audience. So I am super sorry if I've just offended any of you. Um, but I just don't honestly hear dramatic. Differences, And I think that's good. I really liked the ambient kind of creepy soundtrack that Diablo one has and Diablo two has because it has different environments Um, there. The ambience is like appropriate to the environment. You know, it's so like you're in the desert so that, you know, that has desert ambience and then you're in the jungle and that is jungle ambience and then you're underground that is underground ambience. Right. So like that's good, but it it's never toe tapping hummable tunes right <laughs> and and that's that's not what i want from this I, I want ambience and and i think diablo one did that really well and i think diablo two does it basically the exact same performance
2: agree <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i have two other things that are just super short before gameplay uh you, you got anything else in audio visuals
2: uh No, just the the UI is pretty dense, but but usable. And I think it relays all very important information. So, you know, that's good.
1: Yeah, that also feels like it's similar to Diablo 1. There's just a lot. There's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of crap on screen.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there, but I feel that the amount of real estate that each one takes up is proportionate to how important it is. So the health and mana are by far the largest. The active ability that you have tied to, um, you know, right you know left and right are like the next biggest thing and then your litany of potions and all that kind of stuff so so again i think that they they were judicious in the way that they laid it out which is good because it's pretty intuitive but that's that's it that's all i got uh
1: so my two uh minor things uh one is um tyriel and israel and whatever the other angels are um they have like these long flowy blue wings they're like they're supposed to be angel wings because they're angels, but they're like these long, thin, blue strands that kind of move independently, but never totally leave the shape of like an angel's wing, like a big, you know, cartoony bird wing. Um, they're stupid. I, I, <laughs> I thought they dumb. were. I thought they were stupid when I was a kid. And as soon as Tyrael came on screen when I booted this game up, and you know, because he's like in the opening cutscene. This game has cutscenes, lots of them. Um, that there's uh. Tyrael's like he is he looks like a, a knight in armor with like a hood up so you can't see his face um his wings are stupid I don't like his wings all the angels have wings like that it is very stylized and artistic but I was just I I surprisingly a lot of my nostalgia for this game was apparently attached to my hatred of Tyrael's wing design which was just a weird feeling to be like oh huh? I hated those when I was in high school and I hate them now
2: yeah and and they didn't change that in diablo 3 either i remember in diablo 3 thinking these angels have weird wings and it's uh (laughs) it's a choice and they're sticking with it
1: yeah i mean that's just what they look like and that's fine i just i don't know it's stupid i thought it was stupid when i was a kid i think it's stupid now um and then last thing uh which i think is actually a good segue into gameplay uh i specifically remember you saying when we played diablo 1 which i will put that link in the show notes if i remember if not just look for it it's not hard to find um that when you click on barrels, sometimes those barrels explode, right? Booby barrels, mm-hmm. and
2: booby barrels,
1: booby barrels, boomy barrels, Bo- booby like the booby trap, the booby barrels. Ah, uh, <laughs> see, I was gonna say that's a whole different kind of barrel, George.
2: <laughs> no, they're booby barrels, booby barrels. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't get your mind out of the gutter, man. <laughs>
1: I can't. Um, <laughs> So when you, when you click on a, I can't say it, dude, when you click on an exploding <laughs> barrel, <laughs> I just, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> when you click on an exploding barrel in Diablo one, it instantly explodes and you take damage, you know, proportional to what something, um, I don't know if fire resistance helps or not, but you, you get hurt, right? Uh, in this, everything that is trapped cause there's, uh, there's boomy with an m barrels, there's acid barrels, there's shoot a dart out of the wall barrels, there's uh spikes come up from the ground barrels, right? There are lots of things that are trapped and lots of uh different kinds of traps, but they all make a mechanical trap noise because they're not magical traps, they are physical traps that exist in the world and they all make a little like uh uh like when you hear like metal um gears like clicking into place. Kind of like when you change gears on a a bicycle uh, and you can dodge the trap. And I was like, ah, George specifically complained about that in the first game because he was like, oh, you just have to make the trade off of taking some damage versus not finding all the loot. And it's not enough damage that you, of course, don't just go for it, which just makes it feel kind of pointless. Whereas in this one, if you are paying close enough attention, it's not a trade off. You can actually get all the loot and never take damage because you can dodge the traps. And I just... I like that. It was like, "There's this this little sound trigger. It's kind of subtle because it's a trap. It should be subtle, but if you hear it, you can dodge out of the way." And I was like, "Awesome!"
2: Right? Because then, then it completely changes the equation. Because then it's it, it's no longer look. It's about the math, man. I'm gonna. There's a ten percent ah distress signal. Ninety percent of the time, it's a it's an alien ship with a bunch of dead aliens and free loot. Ten percent of the time, it's a deadly trap. But I'm willing to roll those dice. You know, it's not. that's what it was in diablo one right here it's it's um high risk high reward right is that it's it's all right i i don't you know i don't think that i can dodge this so i'm just not going to take the risk i'm going to go slow and steady i'm going to get less loot or nah man i've got this based off of my skill it's not just rolling the dice and then realizing that you have a trader dice and and you know throwing it into the attic it's 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 you and your skill but uh yeah yeah no good it's good uh gameplay
1: yeah uh I mean it's exactly like Diablo 1 but more and I don't know which one of those things I want to start with first so what what do you got for me
2: oh uh, you know no no you 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 go first and because I've, I've got a lot of my stuff is kind of weird and and I'm sure I'll I'll jump off of something that you pick
1: okay so when I say more I mean just everything. Like, if you've never played Diablo 2, but you have played Diablo 1, just imagine if there's just more of that game. There's more story, there's more classes, there's more equipment, there's more monsters, there's more environments, there's more magic, there's more item types, uh, there's sets of armor, there's runes and gems which can go into socketed armor, which is normal armor that you can make into magical armor. Like, there's just so much more of everything. And then the classes even have additional complexity because you have a skill tree now. So every sorceress is not like every sorceress, right? Every necromancer is not like every necromancer. The reason you and I both played thorny boy paladins is because that is just one of many types of paladins you could play. Right. So like there's, I don't want to just jump all the way to calling it an overwhelming amount of stuff because the game balance makes it so that you don't have to get a friggin' PhD in these systems to play through normal. If you want to play through nightmare and then hell, whatever the hardest difficulty is like, then you sort of really need to have mastered the systems to stand any kind of a chance because the, the, the crap that's dropped, the random loot is no longer good enough, but just on normal, there is kind of an overwhelming amount of stuff. If you're not willing to, Try it and then see, oh, I don't need to be an expert in this, but I mean even little things like just the sheer amount of crap that enemies drop is mind boggling like there's just more 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 more
2: yes, no there and and to be fair though, is I think that the 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 thing that I like about it is that there is more, but you, you literally can't experience it all at once, right? You experience all of the more piecemeal, right? So one of the games I downloaded recently um, to try to play for the second time and got put off for the second time was Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, you know? <laughs> have, you, have you played any of that? Touch, no,
1: I am consist every once in a while, I'll see a meme come up and I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, no. And then, and I just kind of slowly back away because, as far as I'm concerned, the last great Dragon Ball game was Budokai Three, not the Tenkaichi games, the one we played like the ever loving mess out of. And if I never play another DBZ game, that will just be the best one forever.
2: Yeah, and 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 actually, I replayed that one recently. It 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 absolutely holds up. (laughs) Yeah, and and the new one, Dragon Ball Fighters, um, (laughs) is uh is actually pretty good. But all that being said, is uh yeah, you know, I I booted it up, and the 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 reason why I mention it here is because. It, it it you know starts off and it says like hey man you're gonna be your own person in this universe you know Pick, make your own fighter I'm like yeah man I'm into this it's like hey here's a bunch of plot all right that's that's it's, okay, it's fine it's fine okay now here is everything about this game you know here's the <laughs> item shop here's the buying things here's how you buy this here's how you upgrade this here's how you do this here's all of the controls you could ever possibly need and and I remember that that's when I quit the first time and it's when I quit this time
1: that has that design ever worked like i i know (laughs) oh prince oh prince (laughs) i know i know there was a time when front-loading people with everything in the game was a thing that you just did because video games were like board games and you had to read all the rules before you sat down to a board game so you read all the rules before you sat down to a video game but at that time video games didn't have thousands of systems to right
2: that's that's the critical piece right is that before it was like you, you know here's how you play checkers and here's everything you need to know about playing checkers and now it's like here's three-dimensional chess here's fourth dimensional chess so <laughs> first we kind of need to explain how time travel works you know like it's it's that now right i <laughs> say all that
1: to play dragon ball Xenoverse 2 first you must invent the universe
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you do that okay good now uh, but so i say all of that to say that this game is is inherently not that because yeah there's what six
1: classes four
2: five?
1: uh There no there. I think there's five, but then Lord of Destruction expansion adds two more. There's a bunch. The original had three.
2: It's more than three. Amazon necromancer, barbarian, sorceress and paladin. Yes,
1: and and then they
2: add the druid and the bard. Something else. (laughs) And the bard. eh, It can't be the bard. (laughs) It have to be useful. Um, So (laughs) uh, I say. uh, So, anyways, but the thing is that you you will not experience all of them immediately you can't you must pick one you know now you might pick one get two minutes into it and then say nah you know i want to try this other one right but you will only be playing one at a time so you don't need to know how a barbarian works if you're playing a paladin um you will get tons of loot but you will get the loot one item at a time so you really only need to make one decision at a time you will go to tons of areas but you will only be in one area at a time
1: you will get the loot one encounter at a time because a mob comes in and if you just have good luck, several of those monsters might drop reasonable loot. So like you do then have space to organize it and sort that out, right? You don't play for hours before you sort it out, but it's I not one item at a time. It's like one set of drops at a time.
2: That 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 that's fair. But that being said, is is I mean, like you're only evaluating one item at a time. You know, like you're not oh, yeah, you're like you're to- like
1: bubble sorting.
2: Right, yeah, to your point, right? It's not that that you're trying to grab all of the items and looking at five of them across a row to like pick one at that point in time. Typically what happens is you knock out a whole bunch of dudes and then, you know, all of the stuff's there and you can pick it up and be like, "Hmm, interesting." And then maybe put that down and pick up another one and go, "Hmm, interesting." You know, you're not trying to ex- it's not a giant map that says here's 10 places to go and you will need to go to all of them. Where are you going? What are you doing? You're like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to go. You know, like it's not that. It's not um. uh, Was it a decision paralysis? It's not decision paralysis.
1: paralysis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. It's analysis paralysis. I think it's a little different than decision paralysis. Uh, Like analysis paralysis is is when you're given a ton of data. Um, and you're, you know, and then you're, you just kind of like mull the data o- over and over. I feel like decision paralysis is whens is when you're given like 20 different options, you know, and like not oh, necessarily yeah, yeah. any data.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the reason you can't go into a store and find 10 different red shirts. They have two red shirts because otherwise you're trying to scrutinize like, well, this one's a slightly darker red, but I kind of like that. This one's a little bit brighter red. Right. So it's, yes, you, you might be right. The game does not paralyze you.
2: Correct. Right. Cause that's, that's not that that part of the game that part of the game comes later when you're playing the puzzle right so anyways i say all that to say it it is a lot but i feel that it's a lot that says hey if you like this cake there is a near infinite amount of this cake that is in a freezer in the back that you can eat whenever you want right um as opposed to if you like this cake um eat it fast because we've got a whole bunch of it and it all spoils in five minutes you know
1: yeah and i the for me personally the way I came to, oh, they're not trying to force feed me the cake is that I started to feel overwhelmed by the amount of crap I was picking up. And by, I I fell surprisingly into like deeply comparing like, well, is this better than that? And what about this? And then because I was streaming, I was like, this is not good television. So I like pushed myself to like more actively play and you know, kill things like you're you're a, a killer of things. Go kill things. So I was like, okay, I got a complete quest and kill things. And then when I realized that these micro decisions were not having a dramatic swing on my ability to succeed or causing me to fail, then I was like, oh, they didn't say I had to eat all this cake. They just said there is a near infinite amount of cake, right? And so once once I arrived at the exact place you're talking about, then the 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 overwhelming feeling lifted, and I was like, oh. I could stop eating cake whenever I want. But at first, especially coming from Diablo one, where like gear matters so much and levels matter so much, I I did feel a lot of pressure to, I was like, oh crap, there's five bows that just dropped from that mob. Which one is the bowest bow in all of Bowington? And then when I realized it doesn't really matter that much, I was like, oh, okay, as long as I'm happy with the bow I have, then then we're good, man.
2: So that actually leads me to one of my notes, which is, uh, you know, intrinsic versus extrinsic rewards, right? So this game, in my personal opinion, leans heavily into an extrinsic reward system. <sighs>
1: man, that's tough because that implies that there are some intrinsic rewards to this <laughs> and... I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess like literally it can't be zero unless someone is like holding a gun to your head. But (laughs) uh, I mean, it's 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 high fantasy gambling, right? Like that's you're not spending money, but it's like, what is the next loot drop? Like, I would say this game is borderline. If it's not 100 percent extrinsic motivation, it's close. It's
2: it's it's really close, right? Because the thing is that when you actually the way to think about it is if there were no levels and there was no loot would you ever play this game i mean once the story's good i mean but no you'd read you'd read the novelization of it <laughs> you'd read a graphic novel of it like there's no you um, know yeah i guess
1: if the combat was slightly more real time
2: mm-hmm. no, no no okay no
1: as it stands as right? it stands probably not no i
2: mean because that's the thing and and, and the story's fine because then you it's know, just so, it's, it's
1: just complicated page turning
2: yeah, that sounds like turning a page with extra steps. Yeah, so I mean that's the thing, right? Is that, you know, is is there's no as opposed to a game like uh oh Mass Effect, right? Where, you know, yeah, there's there's levels and there's stuff and there's great story and all sorts of stuff, but the moment to moment combat matters, right? Uh you know, the same thing with Borderlands, right? Great story, but the combat, great tons of loot, but running and gunning and shooting matters here i mean especially and and this is a bit on on me slash us playing as the thorns paladin you you just kind of like walk into an area and you let everybody kill themselves on you and then you pick up their stuff well and,
1: and worse uh i got to play uh through two i played all the way to diablo uh as two different classes and the other class i played as was the uh, army of skeletons necromancer which is even less engaged than the thorns because
2: <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you didn't get mad you had people to do that for you you know so i i found and this is again this is for me so as far as does the game do this type of thing well absolutely there's there they this is the second one they are have made a third and are now making a fourth right so um that being said though this is not my type of game because I, I I literally remember when I stopped liking this type of thing, and it was i was uh it was my sophomore year of high school, and the epic levels of uh d and d just came out the epic level handbook, and I said, We're gonna make level forty characters, and we did, and it was a blast, and I was like, oh. I, I don't have to put a bunch of time and energy into to watching numbers go up. I can just have the high numbers, you know? And so then having a game that is basically says, if you want the higher numbers, you have to spend hours of time to get the high numbers. I'm like, no, I don't. I can scratch that itch somewhere else, you know? So in a game like this where the the actual game loop is not very engaging, I find it a little tedious, you know?
1: Yeah, and this is where I think the the story and the way you choose to play will make it very easy for a player to optimize the fun out of game, right? Because, uh, there's the different classes and then the different ways you can shape those classes. So we could have played a, like a, a might paladin, right? Where you have to go in and beat every individual monster to death with your mighty warhammer, right? And Uh, We didn't like we just that's not what we chose to do. And what I think is to the game's credit in terms of balancing is you can optimize the fun out of the gameplay on normal difficulty. But then if you want to play Nightmare in Hell, optimizing the fun out of the game is the game. It's the game. Like, Like that is what it becomes is can I make a character that can even survive in this this, you know, numbers skewed? crap storm that that blizzard has created for me this this crap yeah crap crap blizzard um which is that's like the third game that some people are into they're like oh the game is gonna stack the deck way against me can i still hyper optimize every single system can i switch between these broken skills super fast because i have them all mapped keyboard shortcuts and then like and survive and that that is that is not a game i enjoy
2: i agree no i mean and to me that is the the difference between i like eating philly cheesesteaks and i have uh engaged in a philly cheesesteak eating contest you know like those are not the same thing you know so i mean yeah to say i like playing diablo and i like playing diablo on nightmare mode it's, it's just like playing doom on nightmare mode it's like well you're you're basically playing a different game at that point um So that being said, is that that the uh, uh, kind of as I said, is that the combat loop is not challenging, and that so then basically a lot of the game comes down to the challenge of the game. In in my own personal opinion, from what I saw, and and again, maybe it changes a lot on higher difficulties. Is the challenge of the game is the puzzle game of optimization of the character, right? You know, so that. That has more to do with how well you fare in the game than the actual combat aspect of the game, right? So realistically, is it's it's more like a soapbox derby.
1: Uh, yeah, like w- once you build it and let it go at the top of the hill, like you're you're kind of you've done all you could do. Right,
2: yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's. it's not quite that extreme, but it is to a degree where it's like, I have now made the character, how well do they fare, you know? Um, as opposed to the way you would think of it. Like, when you're watching somebody play, you're like, oh, yeah, the game is about going in, smashing people's skulls and getting stuff. It's like, eh, really, it's more about taking all the stuff back to town and between that and your character optimizing everything, and then you go back out and then just see how that build did, you know?
1: Well, and the the real cost is diablo one was super light on story but what i came to realize over our playthrough is it's just all ephemeral like oh you accidentally sold the great armor that your warrior was using kill him start a new one right and (laughs) and diablo 2 actually still sort of expects that like the grand sweeping story is a thing you care about once and then you skip it all. You hold down uh you know left click to skip the cutscenes. You, you you never let Kane get a word in Edgewise. Identify my items, old man. Right? And <laughs> it's just like you you basically you go through the story. It is a good story and it's well executed and it's satisfying and interesting and it's well acted cuz it's you know everybody's voice acted. Um but but like you get you get to care about that once because then everything sort of becomes numbers but with visuals so like i got all the way to diablo which is the act 4 boss because there's technically diablo 2 resurrected includes the lord of destruction expansion which is where you get act 5 and that's where you go and fight Bale, which i know is pronounced Bale, but it really just looks like it's ball and i want to say ball and i might say ball by mistake but so you know i got all the way to diablo with my necromancer and i just i didn't build him right I didn't build them right because the act bosses have powers that the like super monsters that you're fighting as you go through the act don't have. And so I got all the way to to Diablo and it was just like, well, I can grind endlessly because monsters don't scale with you, right? So I can now grind endlessly to get the skill points I need to essentially respec my Necromancer because you get one respec per game and I had already used it. And, and so that, that character was essentially just dead to me. So because the game has a shared stash, uh, he made a very generous donation to the church that <laughs> that my paladin worked for. And so that got my paladin off to a roaring start. And then he, you know, took up the torch and then w- went on and I was able to kill Diablo with my thorns paladin, but it was just like, oh, this isn't, this isn't like a bug or a flaw or a balance problem. Like This is the 10 hour way of the game teaching me, hey, the way you spec your necromancer doesn't work for this boss. It's like, yeah, that's that was an expensive lesson game. But when you are expected to play the game on an endless loop for maybe hundreds of hours across dozens of characters, it's like, yeah, okay, you lost 10 hours on this necromancer. So what? That's an acceptable price in this universe. And that's like, oof
2: yes no uh i i didn't i actually didn't know because i i i fortunately did not respect my character because i just was afraid to hit that button you know so i did not know it was a one use thing so i was
1: in, in single player i think you can do it unlimited in multiplayer you get one per character per difficulty so you can do once on normal once on nightmare once on hell and then once you've done it that third time with that character that character can never be respect again
2: it's wild. I, that's not a choice. Um, so, and that and that kind of brings me to so one of the things that uh, I went, in my opinion, back and forth to town too much. Um, <laughs> it's,
1: it's a lot. It's a lot of shopping. <laughs> a lot of trips to the mall.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, even when I said, you know what, if it's mundane, I it's not game, man. Um, you know, like I'm not I'm not picking up anything that is not if the if it is if it's if it's like the color white it's not i I don't touch that stuff it's gross name in white not all right yeah (laughs) um all of this is true so even with that though i was was just bamfing back in town forever especially because i i I found the game of tetrising my inventory to be tedious after the third or fourth time so especially when scrolls of town portal are like a hundred gold and i had like twenty four thousand gold i was like i'm not dealing with this i'll just pop back into town have Kane identify all of my stuff, sell all of that stuff, and then leave, you know? And since I didn't want to spend hours going back and forth with like, is this better, is that better? I just, you know, kept doing that. So I say that to say that a lot of the times I would go in, sell all of my stuff, make two grand, the shops hadn't rotated their inventory, right? And I'm not sure at what frequency that happens.
1: Dude, I, I, I think the stores are there because they're supposed to be there, And so if you have to buy stuff in an emergency, like if you died and you you need to buy equipment, but their stuff was always garbage. Every random drop
2: was better than even the best
1: stuff I found in stores.
2: Yeah, there was, I I did buy a weapon from one of the stores at one point because it just, the the thing I had just sucked. And, you know, that one was socketed. So I put a decent gemstone in it and it it was good for a paladin specifically. So I was like, eh, yeah, that was fine. Um, So that being said is that, it since the stuff in the shops is normally garbage i don't know why your inventory needs to be so limited and force you back to the shops they should be forcing you back to the shops at a frequency that matters right so ie if if let's just say the average um uh shopkeeper uh, has an item that is worth buying at a 5000 gold increment then you should kick me back to the stores when I have accumulated approximately five thousand gold worth of stuff, right? You know, like that should be the frequency of that. So that way, when I do get forced back to the st- shop, I can then go shop around and say, "Oh, hey, that 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 looks pretty sweet. I'll give that a try, or something of that nature." Right. So forcing me back to the shop to to sell a whole bunch of stuff and then go back out and back to the shop, it just it's it's needless tedium. So why do I have all of this gold then? You know, I now have a ton of money that is. You, it's it's almost like money in D&D 5th edition where it's like, I've got 10,000 gold. It's like, hope you like living lavishly because you can't buy magical items, you know?
1: You, there is uh the one person in every town that you can gamble with and it's almost always garbage, but sometimes it's not. And this is what I think is funny about this mechanic is everything you just described is factual. And the emotion that I think you were getting at is factual because what they have... Optimize or what they seem to have optimized for is just the thrill of getting stuff. Not that it mechanically will serve a purpose nine times out of ten. It's almost always you translate this found equipment into gold, right? So, like, which it, then translates into nothing. Uh, it, yeah, well, but that's the thing is it translates eventually once you have enough money, it translates into gambling. So you, you, <laughs> you, you cut out the middleman of killing monsters to gamble on the loot drop to literally just gambling directly in town. So you can, you know, if, if you consider like killing monsters is one way to pull the arm on the slot machine, giving money to the guy in town who lets you gamble is another way to pull the arm on the slot machine. So they, they, you can never, you can never be somewhere in Diablo where gambling is not allowed and encouraged. Right. And, and I think if you, you, took that out, right? If you said, if you went, say you went super extreme and you just said, characters don't have equipment, you have your stats and you have your skill tree and that's how you get stronger, right? You you combine skills in interesting ways and you pick which stats are going to get stronger and that is how your avatar gets stronger, but instead you have this extra layer of loot and the difference with loot from, you know, like loot buffing you versus stats and skills is stats and skills are things you have to earn and they come slowly and loot comes at, at a tidal wave like devastating drowning like in that one scene in harry potter where they accidentally touch the the cursed treasure and it starts multiplying and it's hot and it's like crushing them against the walls <laughs> it, it that is basically the speed at which you get loot but some people myself included like i do see the enjoyment in that i don't want to cater too much to that enjoyment because i think it can become unhealthy but i do understand the little thrill of like is that thing that they just dropped especially we didn't even mention like there's a whole panoply of things hitting the ground noises in this game so like if you hear the amulet noise or the ring noise like those are rare so there's a little extra thrill than if like arrows fall or a potion falls because that kind of crap falls all the time right so like there's all these little things to give you these tiny little drips of excitement that even though they generally don't pay off right they're they're like um like party poppers where it's like hey streamers and then it's done uh without that this the whole game would be totally different if you lifted that dopamine gambling drip out of this it would not be diablo
2: no it's it's a skinner box and and that's fine you know if you're if you're willingly putting yourself in a skinner box but like i i and again when i was young and i was introduced to this stuff i absolutely loved the skinner box and at some point i, I managed to like say i don't i don't i don't i'm not going to put myself into a skinner box so now <laughs> when i start to recognize it i like in, inherently kind of revile it because i'm like no 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 i said <laughs> i said i wasn't doing the plunger penis again i'm not doing it you know <laughs> it's a roger smith quote um anyways I do i do i bleep that i feel like i'm
1: i, I don't know i'm gonna leave it i'm gonna leave it
2: <laughs> um all of this is true so what what i think that this game could really benefit from and, and again you know like the 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 the, the we're reviewing it to say like where did it where did it stand up where did it fall short and i think that you know again when comparing it to modern systems there are literally games that are diablo knockoffs in the sense that all it is is a skinner box that's all it is right so does it hold up yeah it's it's a very it it, this skinner box is as good as modern day skinner boxes (laughs) but if i were to give it notes um a crafting system would be cool you know a a way because in in, and it could be you know Let's just say that a a normal item drops at like a 1% rate or something like that. So let's say if over 100 encounters, you are likely to get that item. It would take 200 encounters for you to get enough items and sell enough gold for you to craft that item. So it is less, you know, advantageous. But it does give you some control over your destiny to where it's like, oh, well, you know, if you're looking to craft this one... Uh, this sword that looks really awesome. Like, oh man, I kind of want to build a build around that sword. It'd be so cool. It's like, yep, you can do that. Just, you know, it's going to cost you 50,000 gold. It's like, all right, well, I just did a drop with the shopkeeper for 2000. So looks like I got some work to do, but then every item that you pick up that isn't worth something feels like you're moving towards that goal, you know? So it doesn't feel like a, oh, I, I, I pulled the, the pulled the lever and I got, you know, Bankrupts, right? Or I got whatever robot across the the, <laughs> the thing, right? You know, um, I think that that would just be kind of a nice way to again, and it would just be another mini game. It's it's all mini games, right? So it'd just be another nice little mini game. But that mini game, I would actually like to play.
1: So I'm gonna play Diablo's Advocate here and say the reason they probably wouldn't do something like that is because that would create a Longer, slower loop that is outside the engaging part of the Skinner box. So, here's what I mean by that there are items that are either literally only usable by a certain class or only make sense to be used by a certain class. So, like, oh, I have this mace, and yes, anyone can swing this mace, but it buffs these certain paladin skills, right? And then there's some things that it's like literally only a necromancer can equip this or only a sorceress can equip this. So uh, you find that stuff all the damn time. And because you have a shared stash, you can take things you find and put them in the shared stash. And now you are incentivized to also be running a druid and also be running a barbarian and also be running a whatever. Right. So now you're doing that. And then you, you take that loop of you know, skinner boxing across multiple character types, and you take that and you scale it to the internet. And now I'm not just skinnerboxing across multiple character types, I'm skinnerboxing across multiple character types, and they all live a secret sub-life as a merchant, right? Because now you play and you prefer to play a Thorns paladin because that's just a super fun class to play. But you know that I also have a bony boy necromancer that I think is super fun to play. So because we're friends. If you find something that's really good for a necromancer, you will hold on to it so that when we are playing together, you can be like, oh, by the way, I found this wand that's really good for necromancer and toss it to me. Right. And then instead of doing crafting, you have this like social merchant layer that's kind of laid on top of the game, because just like Diablo one has a single-player mode, but it's really meant to be played online. Diablo 2 leans into that way harder, which makes sense, right? When you consider when this game came out in the year 2000, like more people had the internet and more people were playing video games online. So like to lean hard into how do we make this system that's single-player scale to multiplayer? That's that's how you share the Skinner box load, right? You find something cool for a class I'm playing. So you give that to me. I found something cool for a class you're playing. So I give that to you. And so we are, we're still playing the single player game, but we're playing it like kind of in parallel and like supporting each other. If they had systems like crafting, you'd be like, well, I don't, I don't want to go play online with other people. Like I'll just, I will just kill 2000 boars until I have enough boar tusks to make the great, boar tusk shield and then then i'll have it instead of saying like you know going into the center of town and doing the you know wood for sheep right and like i'm not saying one is right and what is wrong but i i think it feels clear which one they chose to optimize for there's a certain amount of skinner boxing you do alone and then the way they scale that up is skinner box with friends
2: sure and and again you know if you really want to lean hard into the Skinner box, then, then that's the way to do it. Well, and actually, too, this, this speaks to, and I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but this does speak to uh, something I saw one time, which is uh, it was actually a video on hyperinflation in MMORPGs, right?
1: I think I might know what you're talking about, but go go on.
2: So basically, the idea is that, is that MMOs, right, that this one being one, right, because it can be played online, right? Part of the issue is that uh, how do you keep value in a currency when anyone can print money right and i believe it's um like uh gems so so long story short is that uh the, the Diablo 2 community realized relatively early in uh in in this 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 game that gold's worthless and so they actually stopped using it as currency and started using i think gems or or something else they started using a third a third currency so like for example if you said hey, I've got this awesome bony boy, you know, like item, like, do you want it? It's like, yeah, sure. I'll give you 10,000 gold. No, there is no amount of gold you can give me that will make me give you this, but I will trade you for this particular item type, you know? Yes.
1: Yeah. It's a, It it's not a pure barter system because they still were using a type of currency, but it's like currency plus, right? It's, it's, Bartering is very common, but there's still this other thing that kind of can be used like money even though money well, exists. It's,
2: it's yeah, well no, it's 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 an alternate currency, right? So it's like saying, you know, hey, um the uh the Russian ruble has hit hyperinflation, so the all rubles are now worthless, but if you have British pounds, I will trade you in those, you know? So like you need to go get British pounds because But they're also
1: Like 60% of the time business is done in the pound sterling, but 40% of the time it is just a direct trade. Like I have a Jeep and you have a Ferrari. And even though a Ferrari is more valuable than a Jeep, you want a Jeep and I want a Ferrari. And so we don't go to that third good. Like we don't rely exclusively on currency, which is, I think, makes the economy even more like speculative and random because it's like oh i think i have a really rare thing so i'm going to hold on to it and not convert it into currency because i think it is more valuable than the currency you know what i mean
2: yeah um and also this this game doesn't have any currency sinks you know like there's nothing that the game that, that you can buy in the game again and this is where it goes down to is there's nothing in the game you can buy with money because if you could buy something with money in the game right with gold then that drops it out of the economy because then it goes to the digital vendor who destroys the money, right? (laughs) Um as opposed to in in this game where it's like, well, I'm not gonna spend my gold on anything. So I say all that to say that again, like like I, I, I agree that that maybe a crafting system isn't the way to go. One of the ways that I think Borderlands handled this problem very well is that they had um vending machines where you could get armor, like basically every type of item, right? But what they would do is most of the items were pretty trashy, very similar to this game, right? Where it's like, you could buy it, but you're really only buying it because you've screwed up and you've the weapon that you've been using forever is now just not getting the job done. So you got to try something else, right? But they always had a weapon of the day that was actually kind of on par with whatever you could find, but there was one of them, you know? And it only cycled about every 20 minutes. So what that did was it, one, it was, it was a great money sink because you would just throw money at that to see what, how well it played, but... It did what I think this game could benefit from, which is, and again, this requires the ability to infinitely respect your character, but try a different play style, right? So if it's like, oh man, you know, there's this uh, super rare item, item set, whatever, but it's not for a Thorns Paladin, it's for a Might Paladin. You, you know what, let me let me give that a shot. And if they, had, if they then moved away from the, hey, we're going to force you to play the Skinner box a thousand times because now you've got your Thorns Paladin, but have you tried getting your Might Paladin because you can't have one paladin, you know what I'm saying, you have to have 17 paladins, one of each flavor, right? So if they had instead said, okay, you know what, really just one of each class will do and you can move the points around indefinitely, then you could have gotten more difference in kind by having that type of a system in play. But the the, the moral of the story is I had a bunch of gold and I <laughs> I mean it was all worthless, man.
1: Yeah, well, I, I like I had I think when I stopped with my necromancer, I had like half a literally half a million gold and i had been leaving money on the table right like i didn't i didn't take every single magical item to sell it i didn't do every single thing i could like that was just walking around money and and that was even after because i if you put your money in your personal stash when you die you lose like 10% of it or something um but that's better than dropping all of it if you have it on your person If you put it in a shared stash, nothing happens to it. So once I realized that, I was like, oh, now my money is all in like a friggin Caribbean secret no tax account. So, you know, I threw myself at Diablo a few times and I I just couldn't beat him with the way I'd spec my necromancer, but it wasn't even costing me anything except time, right? So like all of the in-game penalties had been essentially thwarted, which further devalued the currency because I was like, now I don't even... I'm not even at risk of losing this thing that wouldn't harm me if I lost it. So it it, it is weird to uh, basically the only thing I ever spent money on where I felt like I need to have money available to do this was to resurrect my mercenary. And just as a, a, a tangent into that, this is one of the additions that I actually big thumbs up on. I think the inclusion of set items is more skinnerbox fodder and the inclusion of gems and runes is more skinnerbox fodder and that's not bad it's just more right the inclusion of the mercenaries and especially because there's different types and within each act there's different types uh it's just it's a nice new system that felt like oh there's some interesting synergies i could do here right because like my necromancer had a i forget what they're called but the mercenaries from act 2 They basically have a paladin aura, but they only have one. So it's like, oh, do you want one that will make you hit harder? Do you want one that will heal you a little bit? Do you want one that will make you take less damage? And so you can now hyper spec into one thing because this person is like covering your weakness, which feels like the entire point of having a teammate, right? I'm good at this. They're good at that. We work together. And when you uh, then switch your class, like maybe they need a different mercenary and maybe you like, oh, these enemies are, you know, fire enemies so i'm gonna go and get a sorceress that has ice magic right and, and you can kind of like move that around a little bit in a way it's not as flexible or powerful as like completely respecting a character but it does give you a little bit more like oh crap i hyper optimized for fire magic i could really benefit from some ice magic so i will go get a mercenary who has ice magic and then that will help me through this part and i just it is one of the few inclusions in the game that I'm like, no real notes. Like, I just, <laughs> I like the mercenary system, uh, and I like calling them hirelings.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, I have a, just a couple of other, uh, two other moderate things. Um, one of them is w- what is, what is the point of durability in this game? Uh, <laughs> it's, um,
1: uh it's it's there to give you something to spend your gold on exactly it is
2: <laughs> but it's not enough it's not no. enough of a money sink right no. so it's just a th- it's just so it's just another again you know so so one your inventory is too small so you have to go back to town way more often than realistically you should need to right and then when you go there it's just one other place you have to go you know you go to the person because they make you go back to town so often to exchange your stuff you go to the person you sell all your stuff you go to the blacksmith you click the button that says and thank god there's a button that says heal all of my inventory because if they made me click on each individual one i'd be actually frustrated but it's like yeah man that that, that just cost you 50 gold i'm like out of the twenty five thousand. okay so who who cares like didn't didn't even notice it was gone yeah right i mean like i just you know i mean it, it's literally like somebody being like hey man that's five bucks here's a 50 just don't just just forever leave me alone about this you know um so yeah so to me it it was Again, I I could understand it being a money sink, right? And it would even make more sense if it was like and I'm sure that it does where it, it scales a little bit by like item rarity. So the rarer the item, the more money it costs to heal it. But it would have been really cool if they even if they just really jacked up the um the 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 cost difference between maintaining the durability on like a standard item versus a rare item versus an set item because then you could say, "All right, I'm only going to wear this super rare item when I super really need it, because when it starts to lose durability, it's going to cost me thousands of gold, you know? So I kind of like, at that point, you're kind of renting all of your items, you know? Um, but that being said, it could have been, that, that could have been an interesting mechanic. But yeah, to me, it was, I was like, this is just another stop when I'm in town that if I just, and the problem is if I forget to do it, it has ramifications. So it's just more tedium, you know,
1: even there, you can forget several times, right? Like you can, there, there is a wide margin of error and it warns you when your equipment is about to break, you get the little, you know, up in the corner. So like you got to really, really bone yourself into breaking a piece of equipment. Uh, someplace I think they actually do the like pressure uh really well is uh with the way potions restore health like Mm, on a timer right they don't instantly restore all of your health rejuvenation potions do uh but that adds a little bit of tactics to combat especially if you were playing a melee character because you need to not die right and like we're both playing thorns paladin so like we need to get hit right (laughs) so like you Uh, By the end of the game, you have a belt that can hold, I think, 12 or 16 potions, like some ludicrous number of potions, right? So if you have a bunch of super potions, they will restore all of your health every single time. But will they restore it as fast as you are getting murdered, right? Like are you weak against fire? And every once in a while, this demon happens to use like a breath weapon. That's a fire attack. So you can survive several hits from their melee attack, but how low are you going to let your life go before you throw that potion so that it starts refilling your health? And it it does, uh, I don't know what the term for this is, but it, if it's say it's refilling 200 uh, points of, of health and then you take 50 damage, it drops you like your, your floor goes down by 50, but it continues to refill up to that Whatever that total was, so if you have a potion that will actually restore more health than you have, you need to deploy them tactically so that it continually refills your health as you are taking damage, which is like a cool little it, it's hard to tell almost that it's happening, but I'm pretty sure that is how it, it's doing the math on the back end. Um, and what I like about that is it creates tension. To using potions in combat where you have to kind of duck and weave and be like, okay, I need to disengage and let this potion like take effect and then re-engage and then, you know, go, go back into the melee. And, and that's a cool little loop where the like time pressure and the tactical pressure matters, whereas like durability feels like a pointless chore that zero times in the, I put a non-trivial, I mean, this is our first game that we played for a full month, like on the new schedule, right? I put a non-trivial amount of time into this game, right? I played through two characters all the way to, you know, the 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 epilogue, like, I put a, a fair amount of time into this for a game we're reviewing and zero times, zero times did durability ever matter, ever. Like, it was just a thing you did. You just, you click identify items on Kane, you click repair all my items when you're at the blacksmith and it's just, And if you forget, then you have some unidentified items and some unrepaired equipment. I'll get to it next time I go shopping. Like, it's just not ever a problem. But the potions thing, I I feel like, is that health depleting and durability depleting could theoretically have the same kind of like, oh, I got to duck and weave so I don't take too much damage to my armor. Otherwise, it'll break. But Nope
2: yeah no I, I agreed to the point where again and this may be like immersion breaking but i would much rather that when you go into town it just there's a little item notification at the top that says all of your items have been repaired all of your stuff has been identified after you get Kane, and it's just like yeah because that's what i was going to do anyways all you did was save me you know 30 seconds of my life and three th- three clicks you know like just just d- do that for me do do things. Why why am i paying you um <laughs> Uh one of the the other things that I particularly struggled with when this playthrough is I I was playing this game predominantly right before I went to bed so I had about like half an hour chunks right so I was like oh okay you know I'll play it half an hour chunk and and I did you know about half an hour chunk play you know five times a week right you know I was like that'll give me 20 hours right you know so um so I did I put I put all that time into the game that being said is I didn't get as far as I would have liked to because this game doesn't lend itself to that very well in my opinion, right It lends itself to longer play cycles because if you are in the middle of a dungeon right and and you're 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 getting Getting, getting sleepy, man. Sandman's knocking at your door, right? <laughs> so you're like, I, I don't know. I'm not having fun anymore. I'm, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go sleep, right? Well, you, you, you better be at a stopping point, be like a game, decided stopping point, because if not, it's a roguelike, right? So in the sense that, like the the, the dungeon switches around. So next time you load it up, your your butt's right back in town, and you're at the top of that those catacombs or whatever, right? So now you're going back through the catacombs, and if for whatever reason you get called away, you got another thing going on, you've got to log out. Back to the top, right? So, the game was even easier for me because I in- unintentionally grinded the ever-loving hell out of the first few levels, you know, because i that's just what ended up happening to me, you know? So, And, there, and then there were other times when I was playing and I had more time to play, but I hit a, a point where I'd like finished a quest and I was like, I don't know if I have another quest's worth of time to play. So, I'm going to stop here because you know, like, I don't know. So it's weird. It it does give you distinctive places to put the game down, but it doesn't help you with, okay, but now I need to put the game down, you know, like you have to play the game kind of on its terms, you know?
1: Yeah, which I don't, I never hold that against a game, right? I try not to hold that against a game, but I am... Uh, like I think you are getting at, very aware that that sometimes makes a game unplayable for me, right? Like I, I think I talked about this uh, when we reviewed Phoenix. Right? Is it's like don't stop in the middle of a trial because you may now be locked out from critical information, and you don't want to restart the entire trial. You're just struggling with this one bit of witness testimony. And Diablo uh, One and Two have the same kind of issue where it's like, uh, make sure you clicked a waypoint and you know ignited the torches on this waypoint before you stop otherwise exploring this whole area was pointless all you did was get experience right which is not okay not not nothing it's not nothing but it is it does feel a little like uh right because you think you made x amount of progress but you really made like 0.5 x amount of progress um where i got bit by this is uh just because reasons i because i think did you play single player characters only yes okay so i played online characters only because i did uh play a little bit with um tiny panda pal my twitch moderator so i got to like do some of the multiplayer stuff um and where i got bit by it is i started both my characters as online characters even though i ended up playing my paladin mostly solo and i was playing over the last this last week uh before recording and twice i got kicked out of battle net in the middle of a uh quest so it was just like oh all that that 30 minutes is just gone there's just nothing I can do about it and then uh once the game just crashed which I mean that happens sometimes but if it was most modern games where it was auto saving every six seconds I would have lost maybe a few minutes of progress not like an hour of progress and uh what brought this to light for me was uh kind of the the one of the other facets of of the problem you're talking about is this game has quests in a more formal way because there's more story than Diablo 1 had, right? It's not just like, oh, hey, you killed this big bad. That's We're happy about that. That was a quest you didn't even know you were embarking on, right? Because the quest in Diablo 1 is kill Diablo, and everything you do along the way is either an obstacle to killing Diablo or in service of getting to and killing Diablo, but they're not, they're not like, there's no narrative, not really. In this game, there's a lot of narrative, and a lot of the quests are go get this thing to do this other thing to put inside the Haradra cube so that you can transmute it into this fourth thing. And then, whoa, and then you can go over here and then you could punch this demon right in the schnoz. And that's fine. But one of the times the games crashed on me, I was literally in the room with one of the MacGuffins <laughs> and I just hadn't picked it up yet. Because when you when you change stuff in your inventory, it is saving your character silently, constantly. So if I just... Gotten that stupid thing into my inventory, even though when it crashed out, I would have lost all the dungeon progress. I would have at least had the MacGuffin. But I didn't have the MacGuffin. I was just in the room where the chest with the MacGuffin was. And so I was just like, uh, but now <laughs> I have to not only explore that entire dungeon again, but I have to get all the way to it. So I have to go to the nearest waypoint, find the dungeon, because it's roguelike, explore the dungeon, because it's a roguelike, and then get the MacGuffin which is fine because I will get more loot and I will get more experience, but it, it's just, it's frustrating because I didn't die. Right. I didn't make a mistake. I didn't go into the wrong dungeon because there's lots of optional, like single floor dungeons. You can explore just to get more experience. I just got kicked off Battlenet, and that's like, no blizzard that was your fault like when i, when I load
2: the <laughs> make game, this right what are you gonna do blizzard to make this right <laughs> yeah when
1: I, when I load the game the MacGuffin should just be in my inventory <laughs> there should be a little menu that's like which MacGuffin did we just screw you out of <laughs> i should be able to select it all of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, killing Bale.
2: yeah that's that's what i was doing that's what i was working on uh make, okay make, we'll send you back to a,
1: that fight as a level 20 paladin.
2: <laughs> you see there's there's that good monkey paw stuff man um but yeah so that, that was the 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 other big meaty note that i had which was you know it, again it, just the way that it saves and and again it, so it's it's you know a, a a double-edged sword right is that um you know it's nice that it's roguelike because you know it, it you never get bored at the dungeons, especially if you're going to make somebody have seven different paladins, one with each different build, right? You can't make them go through that same dungeon 50,000 times they'll lose their mind, right? But um, the way that it saves is weird. I mean, Darkest Dungeon does this better because literally at one point... Darkest Dungeon won't let you undo this even if you try right because that's the whole point of that game you know (laughs) if all of a sudden you know somebody loses their mind in the dungeon you're like ah this is going to be a problem well maybe if i intentionally crash my playstation it'll fix it nope it just saves it saves all the time right so you know you can literally be in the middle of a battle and it will put put you right back where you started you know um this and so you can save and quit at any point right so and i think that this is again very doable in the sense that you know there's a certain expectation when you're online with friends that yeah if you quit out then you're gonna miss some stuff right but especially on a single player game you know it's it's it would seem straightforward which is like when i save and quit and i'm in the middle of a thing just lock that dungeon for me you know save where i'm at let me quit let me come back to exactly where i was and then i'll keep going and then if i ever return there again then randomize that stuff right up but you know just just let me let me have a life and play this game please
1: (laughs) well and and this was diablo one uh single player was not a roguelike right it's a rogue-ish where each game uh each like entire game is randomized but if you don't restart the game and we we talked about this as like the only way you can grind is by starting a new game using the same character uh diablo 2 removes that bit of confusion But at at the cost of exactly what you're saying is you can't now save in the middle of a dungeon. You can't just stop and walk away, even in single player mode, because just like with Diablo 1, single player mode is really just training wheels for multiplayer. They wanted you to be playing online with other people because that social layer takes
2: some of the bitter taste off of the skinner box right like or worse that 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 social aspect of it makes you feel uh that you owe your teammates to continue playing the skinner box
1: right yeah yeah so it doesn't it's a spoonful of sugar right it it forces the medicine down. Um, no what
2: it does is it is it puts a drug addict in with other drug addicts it makes (laughs) sure that you're doing drugs with other people so that way they keep you hooked on drugs yeah um <laughs> it, yeah uh so good well, game I, though. <laughs> the,
1: the, well the last thing I will say about that because we've been harping on the the Skinner box aspect of this a lot is the most critical thing that they did not do with this game originally or in uh resurrected and that they didn't do until Diablo Immortal and Diablo Immortal can go die in a fire is You pay for this game once and then you're done. Yep. You don't have to pay to play online. There is no mechanism by which to give Blizzard money to get better equipment. Right. You can't rich kid your way to victory. And so if you'd say, I like gambling, but I don't want to lose my house. Right. I, I want the feeling of gambling. I want the Skinner box mechanics. This game will 100% accommodate you. And if you say, I would like to enjoy those Skinner box mechanics with other Skinner box addicts, they say, here's every Skinner box addict in the world. Play with all of them, right? Play with any of them, play online, but play with none of them. Do whatever you want, right? So like, I, I, I don't get the same enjoyment out of that as I did when I was a kid, but as an adult, what I'm able to appreciate is that's a pretty like fair deal, right? I give you money and then you will let me do this thing I enjoy as much as I want which th- I think like ethically does line up more with like a single player game like I bought the game now let me play it. it it's your game it's your art that you made in your way but now let me play it more or less on my terms whereas Diablo Immortal and lots of other Skinnerbox likes that have you know kind of or Diablo likes that have have come after you can rich kid your way to victory. And I, I have no patience for that. I have no tolerance for a game where that is even possible. Like, like Genshin impact. Uh, a lot of people are like, I think you even said like, Oh yeah, I checked it out. Like I'm going to see what it's about. And I was just like, Oh, game has a bunch of gotcha mechanics. Nope. Not interested because I just know (laughs) that deep down they will never truly design a game that can just be fun on its own terms. It will always there's this spec that's a real drug addict right that's a real recovered alcoholic there's this specter of like but you could give us more money and it's like no no i just i just want to play the game and it's like hey man you you go you play the game i mean you could give us more money though and it's like no no i said i said i'm not gonna no you said you're not gonna you said you're not gonna it's fine it's fine but you could though
2: you're always good and i think that to your point right is that i I think that back when this game came out the i the idea of like a genshin impact which you know it's fine man it's 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 just a little it's good uh no um is is and honestly i I played it for i don't know maybe maybe i put 20 hours into it and then i just stopped but i will say that 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 game in particular not to, to die on a hill defending against the impact was not obtrusive with constantly being like pay us more money pay us more money you know i have played games where you know it is very much so hey man that's that's fine and, and you hit what everyone calls a paywall right where it's it's basically the game becomes unplayable unless you start paying but it's only a dollar man you're like yeah i'll put a dollar into it <laughs> and then all of a sudden the paywall is like 50 bucks you know like over time right um and i think that that's where this type of game ultimately led historically. But at the time is it was like, hey man, we found a way to hack your brain so that way you love playing our game. You know, so what does that mean? It means you're gonna talk it up to your friends and we're gonna sell more copies of it. But then we're done. You know? Then eventually people are like, oh wait, but but what if we could keep selling them stuff? It's like promote that man, you know? So
1: <laughs> incentivize that employee.
2: Incentivize that employee. So this this game is the the uh person who was creating extra strength opioids for search you know outpatient surgeries right and then you know some somebody in a plaid suit you know outside of a pharmacy said hey what if we just given the people that don't didn't go through surgery they also have money (laughs) so uh yeah you got anything else Uh, The one other thing I wanted to mention just
1: because we had both complained a little bit about it in Diablo one and it is unchanged in Diablo two, but I heard that they've actually changed this in Diablo three and are planning to further tweak it in Diablo four is uh, the developers. I didn't look into this. Somebody in Twitch chat explained this to me. um, The developers apparently were aware that like scrolls of identify and scrolls of town portal are like kind of stupid. And uh, the way you can like spam potions like you can keep your inventory open and essentially have an entire inventory full of potions right so you can just spam healing potions and take down challenges you have no business taking down because you are you're you're stim packing yourself to victory
2: right it's not it's not
1: great um
2: and some people (laughs) just they just see you walking in with a dialysis machine but it's filled with potion you know and it's like yeah yeah. You know, it's like hey, let's do this thing diablo yeah
1: come on it's like dude you don't look well i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> fine it's none so of like, your business <laughs> don't tell me i live my life you dead bastard <laughs> um but I, but I, I i'm not going to take advice on living from a dead man um <laughs> there it is right. there's uh, the quote yeah that that was the one it took what was that three three iterations that's oh, not bad yeah it's not uh, bad it's <laughs> more <shopping. laughs> um so I I was willing to do that with what I could fit in my belt, right? So I would potion spam with what I could fit in my belt. But some people will potion spam with what they could fit in their whole inventory plus their inside of their Horadric cube, which gives you 12 more inventory slots. So like they'll they'll really push that mechanic and apparently in uh, Diablo 3, you just have a thing that has a cooldown timer and so you can't abuse it, right? You have to health is a resource you have to manage, but you can't hook yourself up to a dialysis machine and i think town portals and uh, scrolls of identify also went the same route where it was like this is a thing you can do we're not going to make you manage scrolls of town portal because that is just it, they are essentially free because gold is so abundant and monsters drop them like i never ever ever was afraid of running out of scrolls of town portal ever and once you get cane scrolls of identify
2: are pointless yeah. Yeah, then then they become completely uh obsolete. Yeah, and uh Diablo 3 I think they use health orbs too, which is a good mechanic because then you have to kill things before you can get health back, you know? So um but yeah, so uh what do you think, man? Hold up. Yeah, I mean, even though we
1: just complained a lot about like we're old now and uh we don't get the same enjoyment out of Skinner boxes as we did when we were in high school and college, like yes, like this game is probably one of the most faithful uh like remasters i've ever seen for a game that arguably didn't even need to be remastered like it's the reason the list of quality of life improvements is so short is because and they didn't really it need it right the first time yeah they didn't really need to change that much and it's not that this formula has no room for improvement like personally i have come to like the looter shooter more than the hack and slash because the looter shooter is more real time. And even though I suck at FPSs, as I have said many times, oh
2: hey, nah, no, buddy,
1: come on, champ. <laughs> like, but but I find that gameplay to be more enjoyable because there's my stuff and then there's me, and and those two things work in tandem, right? Um, Mega Man X is a great example of this. The upgrades are super clutch, and it's really really hard to play the game without them, but even if you get all the hard tanks and get all the sub tanks and get the armor upgrade. If you just stand there and let them shoot you, you will die. Right? So like you still have to play the game. Even if you get all the
2: stuff, a game, like you can't do it, build a thorns, mega man. You, you cannot,
1: um, not yet. <laughs> I, there's, there's three more Mega Man X games. I mean, mean, good God,
2: probably in Mega Man six, you know, (laughs) I mean, looking at the way the series went, but anyways, that's my point. Um,
1: But in, you know, a a game like Borderlands, the loot matters so much, but you playing the game also really matters. And I have come to prefer that balance. But if you care a lot more about the gambling aspect, man, Diablo two is just the drug that keeps on drugging. So like if you played this game and you remember it fondly and you want to go back to it, Yes, 100%. No nostalgia goggles are required because it is exactly like you remember it. If you've never tried it and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I I like Diablo one, but I never got around to playing Diablo two. Like, yes, totally. It is more of Diablo, Um, (laughs) but it's it is it is no longer a, a taste that I'm as fond of as I once was. And that's a little sad. But like as a piece of art, yeah, no, no nostalgia goggles required.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I I completely agree with you, despite the fact that I basically spent the last hour and a half picking it apart and saying that that all the things I didn't like about this game, um, all of those things hold up. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing, is that the, the the question isn't whether or not the game holds up with time. It does. The thing is that the game hasn't changed. I have, right? So, like, the game absolutely is exactly what you think it was. I just don't like it anymore, you know? <laughs> so it, it, it's just kind of like saying, you know, hey, do you like, you know, gummy bears? And it's like, you know, um, those gummy bears, uh, they, they, it is the exact same recipe that they have been using for the last 20 years. I don't like gummy bears anymore, but that recipe is unchanged. It tastes exactly the way you remember it, Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, it's a Skinner box. I didn't have the words for it at the time, but I absolutely loved it putting myself in those Skinner boxes and then at some point I stopped liking that and I continue to not like it but it is a very very good Skinner box so if you still like games that that fall into that category um it's it's a pretty straightforward choice unlike with my paladin it's not thorny at all the
0: curtain falls the music plays the credits roll then it all fades to black And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while You're gonna think back much less On how you saved the day on all the experience gained at the end of it all, the gamers play what we play after game over.